Today, I want to reintroduce you to one of really, truly my favorite people on Earth. Um, He is fascinating to talk to because he's real. Cancel culture has invaded every aspect of our lives, and it's an attempt to make people and their ideas just disappear. But not everybody gives in and not everybody goes away. Sometimes they end up reinventing themselves like today's guest. He was one of the first people to introduce me to the phrase cancel culture several years ago on this podcast. He first gained praise and notoriety for the grievance studies affair. It's a series of hoax of academic papers that you should check out if you haven't already. It's amazing. And because of that, his life went into overdrive. He escaped academia. He is very liberal. I don't policies we've never talked about. I'm sure we disagree on a ton of policies, um, but we agree on principles. And uh, he escaped and people all over the world wanted to know how professors like this guest made me believe there is hope for college campuses. This conversation may change that a little. Sadly, the students at the university where he taught in Oregon, you can guess where, didn't like his devotion to intellectual curiosity and critical thinking. He was harassed, heckled, threatened endlessly. He and his family have been terrorized. Last year, he resigned as an assistant professor of philosophy at Portland State, where he had taught for over a decade. He posted a letter on Barry Weiss's substack where he detailed the death of ideas in the university in exchange for ideology. But he has not backed down. He has refused to be disappeared. He joined forces with powerhouse free thinkers like Ion Hersey Alley, Jonathan Haidt, uh, Haidt, I'm sorry, and, uh, and Arthur Brooks, all of them friends of mine. He was going to reimagine uh, the university system, and they came out together with a new university, an alternative to the social justice factories that claim to be colleges. Today, uh, we are, this is a fascinating conversation, and it includes just about everything, including should you send your kids to college and so much more. This is a must listen all the way through. Please welcome Peter Bogosian. Prices keep hitting all-time highs for meat and seafood. Cooking, grilling at home used to be the way to save money, but with prices up nearly 20%, even that seems like a thing of the past. If you're looking to save money without sacrificing quality, then you need to check out Good Ranchers. They deliver delicious American meat to your door because here's the thing. The amount of imported beef has gone up like inflation. And our ranchers are critical to our survival as a country. So if you want 100% quality American meat at a great price, go to the American Good Ranchers. They've got you covered. Right now, you can get $30 uh, $30 off their already low prices, plus free shipping by visiting GoodRanchers.com. Now, here's the thing. You can do a one-time order, or you can subscribe and save an additional $25 on each box And when you subscribe, I don't think they know how this works. Your price will never go up for the life of your subscription. You can't lock that in uh, those prices into your grocery store or any place else. It's inflation proof. Get your meat now. Good Ranchers. GoodRanchers.com slash Glenn. 
Thank you. So glad you're here. Thank you. Um, uh, I don't even know what we call it. CRT is not even big enough right. for this. Right. Um, whatever's happening to us as a culture, right. um, I, I feel as though it's pretty easy to mark what's happening in, in our universities, especially as a cult. There's, Correct. Right. There's Correct. indoctrination. They separate you from your family Correct. or friends. Anybody who disagrees. There's rituals. They shame you. Correct. We just I just put out a, a series from Dr. Lyle Asher about why colleges are becoming cults. Wow. But but I interrupted you. No, go ahead. I, I just wanted to talk about that. I'm so, oh. I, sorry. I didn't know you had. No. So is that it. is that the thing? Is that what you've been thinking about? The No, I, I, uh, I want to talk to you about something else i said right before we went uh, on that, okay yeah so so um you cannot understand the problem that we have in our culture in this moment without understanding colleges of education yeah. and teacher training programs if i gave you a wand and you wave the wand and all wokeism critical social justice all this madness this divisive racial crt everything just instantly evaporated from schools you'd probably be thinking oh this is great we have nothing to worry about well, you'd be gravely mistaken. And the, the reason for that is that I can't just go in and teach in a K through 12 school system. You can't just go right. in and teach. So you have to get credentialed through colleges of education. Correct. Those are all based upon Paulo Freire's Pedagogy of the Oppressed, which is a book which later, um, the, the basic idea is to develop critical, a critical consciousness, critical methods. It's not about the truth. It's about, it's not, it's also not, uh, if racism took place, it's how it took place. And so unless we change the colleges of education, we're stuck because our school systems are just going to repopulate with people who Correct. have been indoctrinated. Into so he, I've always thought the, the, yeah. the education that I've won, I'm a self-taught right. guy. Um, I went, you know, for one semester to college when I was 30, I had to stop cause I couldn't afford it. Um, that's too bad. Yeah. But, uh, I, I didn't want to be taught what to think. I wanted to be taught exactly. how to think. Exactly. How, what is critical, um, uh, you know, critical thought? How, how do you question things critically to be able to find right. and balance everything? And I don't think anyone has any idea of how to do that anymore. So I've been doing this for well over a quarter century, writing about it, reading about it, et cetera. And I'll just, I'll distill it down. And if there was like a unified field theory of mm -hmm. critical thinking, I'll tell you what I think it is. So there's a skill set and an attitude. The skill set's pretty easy to learn, you know, analyze, explain, make inferences. Like if you see numbers, like draw conclusions from that. But that's not genuine critical thinking. If you genuinely want to think critically about something, it's an attitude. And I would summarize it in, in one thing. This is not me. This is the, uh, it's called the Adelphi report from the American philosophical association. It's a willingness to revise your beliefs. Yes. That's what it is. Yes. So that's really frightening. Th that's right. It's terrifying. That's what if it you is. you actually live your life that way. Yeah. So, so and it's, in some ways it's terrifying. So, right. So, so, so it is scary. Mm -hmm. And we have a culture now. Yes, it starts in the universities, but it's ubiquitous throughout our culture in which people who have disagreements about something shouldn't talk to each other. Right. And we're shamed. Like I put a tweet, you know, what should we talk about Glenn Beck? And someone's like, you know, I'm so disappointed in you or whatever. I'm like, 
Like, what are you talking about? Like, okay, so if you want any potential to find truth in your life, you have to listen to people and talk to people with whom you disagree. There's uh, just simply no other. The problem is also, if you don't, you become arrogant. That's what you're correct. saying to me is, yeah. I have no value at all correct. for you intellectually. Or in, met, in any anyway. Or anyway. Right. Yeah. right. So, so this idea, think about how arrogant that is. That not only does someone know, like, I know the truth. It's, it's like, okay, if you don't want to speak to someone, not you, if someone doesn't want to speak, don't speak to them. But who are you to tell me not to speak to somebody? Right. That's, it's like offense by proxy. Or you shouldn't talk to them. No. So that's the division. But back to the critical thinking piece. So the reason the problem in, in, well, there are many problems in academia, but part of the problem is that it's very easy to test kids on, you know, like A, B, C, D, E, mm-hmm. you know, you just, you mm-hmm. know, if P, then Q, Q, what's P, whatever. But it's very hard, if not impossible to test them on whether or not they've changed their mind. Do they have the attitude of belief revision? Are they trustful of reason? Like, it, it, because they... There's just no way to test that. So we ignore that whole component and we focus on the most important part. It is. Look, this is a mind blow to me. When I figure this out, it is actually better that you don't develop the skills of critical thinking like analysis, inference, explanation. It's actually better if you don't do that, if you don't have the attitude. Here's why. Because if you're not willing to change your beliefs and you have all these you, you develop the skills, you're just going to deepen the beliefs that you have. Mm-hmm. So, so, so you could, you, it's like running down a rabbit hole where you become more convinced of something. And that's right. the other thing. It's like conviction, convinced. Like w- we have this idea that, oh, he's a man of conviction. He's, you know, well, no, I don't, I don't, a man of conviction or a woman of conviction to me translates as there's a person who is not willing to revise their beliefs on the basis of evidence. I want to talk to you a little bit about um, Relief Factor. Relief Factor is something that my wife was like, I'm not going to listen to you whine anymore. And I'm like, with that voice, really, you won't listen to me? She sounds exactly like that, too. Anyway, um, she said, uh, you know, I'm not going to listen to you uh, whine about pain anymore um, unless you try everything. And I I thought I had tried everything, but I wasn't going to do something that I'm seeing some dope like me on television or radio talking about. That's not going to work. So I started taking it and I went on vacation and it was over the Christmas holiday. This about four years ago. I've lost track of time. Long time ago. Uh, And I stopped taking it after three weeks because I was stubborn. It's not working for me. When I stopped taking it, I realized, oh, no, it really was working for me. And it has only gotten better since. I still take it three times a day. It's relief factor. Try it for three weeks. Because I'm not going to listen to your line. 70% of the people who try it go on to order more. Relieffactor.com. So this will bring me right to a question that... I don't know. Maybe, uh, you know, maybe is best left private usually. But I I think a lot of people are like me and are feeling this way. And I cannot square the circle on something. Okay. Usually when I when I first, you know, 30, I sobered up and I realized Mm. I'm a dummy. Mm. And I would take I went to the bookstore in the library and I would get the people that I knew would disagree the most. And I'd read them and then I'd start narrowing it in on all subjects. And I took everything out 
And when I said, okay, I think this is true, I would put it back in me. Right. But then I would compare it to the other things I believe. Right. And when, if they were, if they were coming up against each other, I had one of them wrong. Right. Okay. Correct. This is regarding, and I know you're an atheist, um, but you're a man of reason. And I, I don't think God believes in blindfolded fear. Um, he's, he's the ultimate scientist. So, um, Right now, um, uh, I think a lot of people have this problem. If, let's say, you have a family mother, a family member that is gay, and you're deeply Christian. Okay? Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> Many family members are gay. Right, right. Okay, we're yeah, going to yeah. add that component. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, okay. I have always been like, I don't. I don't care. Right. Okay. I don't care. I'm, I've always been for gay marriage. I just don't think the government should be involved right. in any way. You marry who you and want. And you're supportive of Dave Rulin. Yeah. Big time. I love right. him. Right. I love him. Um, you know, let's use him as an example. Okay. okay. We just had a conversation. It was very controversial, I guess, mm. um, because people couldn't handle the fact that both of us said, you know, I said, Dave, I'm, I'm, I'm uncomfortable with, because I know what families are, the ultimate family, what we should be shooting for. Mm. And I know that there's also lots of children that need to be adopted. And now, now the s two surrogate moms, two guys at the same time, this violates everything that I think I know. Mm. Okay. But I love you right. and I don't have the answer and I don't, I'm not judging you. When it comes to uh, when it comes to homosexuality, I believe you're born that way. Okay, no question. No about question. It, no. I don't know anyone. Uh, Bruce Jenner. I, I he felt this way his whole life. Right. He felt like he was a woman. Right. What so just just the question is, when did you choose to be straight? I didn't choose right. to be didn't straight. Choose. You didn't choose. Nobody Correct. chose to be straight. Correct. But, but I do. I, I will. I will say, I think that's a little bit of a red herring to a certain extent, because even if someone did choose it, I don't see what the problem is. But then again, I'm okay. not, I don't have yeah. like a, so a, this a is structure that I'm, I'm, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So that's what I wanted to talk to you about, because I talk to liberal friends and they just immediately go bigot. Right. I'm not bigoted. Right. I really am not. I'm trying to stay true to what the things that I believe are true in my right. faith. Okay. And... My faith will tell me family is this. Okay. Well, I know that. And I agree with that. But I also know Christ teaches me love everybody. Right. Everybody, no matter what they're doing, you love them. I know that I love my children. Right. My children come out as whatever. I'm not condemning them. Never. Never. Wouldn't change your love for them. Would not, Would not change my love for them at all. And I hope okay. it wouldn't change the way you treat them. No, of okay. course not. Right. Of course not. Okay. Here's where I'm yeah, struggling. Well, yeah. I'm struggling with if I believe this, okay, but I also can't, I know God doesn't make mistakes. If you're born that way, that's his doing, not anybody else's. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, so who am I to say? But he also says, this is wrong. Okay. I can't square that circle. So I, okay. so I just say, I don't know. I don't know. I know I believe these things, but I also know it's my duty to love 
unconditionally love right. and not treat anyone any differently. And that's not acceptable to people who don't have faith. They immediately say, well, you're just bigoted. It's like, no, I'm really struggling. Right. And so I guess I'm, I'm curious, why, why does their opinion matter to you? If it's a family member. Oh, okay. So it's not just random tw- people on Twitter. No, I don't or, care about those people. So it's something good. Yeah. So, um, so you're, I just want to make sure I understand this correctly. Yeah. So you're, you're struggling with the idea. I wasn't expecting this conversation. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> no, I'm no, not it's struggling great. with the, no, it's great. I'm not struggling with the idea of where I've landed. Right. Okay. I'm you, uncomfortable. You, okay. I can't square circles, but I can't square that circle. And you know, I think I we know. should talk about that squared circle too. But okay. so there's a family member who's upset with you because of the fact that I won't give up my faith that I won't reject my faith that this is that, that I've, I've come to a place where I say, I can't answer that. Right. I don't know. Right. So why are, they, why, know. why are they upset with you if the faith, faith I is think a it's personal a, thing I for them? I think it's more of a kind of this era thing. You're either all in right. or you're out. And I don't find that reasonable. Uh, you no, know, it's not reasonable because the belief wasn't formed on the base of reason. It's formed on the base of something else. And so, and does I, that make yeah. it less? Does that make it invalid for people who yeah. actually believe it? I can't just change, you know, it's, it is a hardcore, hard fought faith that I have, you know, I did my, I'm not just an average person right. that just went, right, right. I'm this, right. I was born this. I was raised this way. I was. Okay. So, so let's, let's work through this. So let's start with the, the assumption, which I think is true that you've thought about this and you've worked, you've genuinely, um, you love the truth. And I know that about you Yeah. and you're willing to change your mind. If you think something is incorrect, even yes. if the consequences are social st- shaming or stigma. It doesn't matter. Right. So I, at the, I've said this. If, if I don't care what it is, the most foundational thing of me, if you can show me that God does not exist mm. and it's clear, I'm out. Okay. Okay. So, so I, I'm, I'm, having, I'm struggling with the fact with, with why I don't understand why you're so you've. You can't square the circle, so you're fine. You're fine with that, but you're not fine with a family member who doesn't accept something about you. I'm. I feel. Uh, it's so weird yeah. because no one in the family is judging the person. Right. You They're know, judging who's you. Gay. Oh, that's fascinating. Yeah. That's They're fascinating. They're judging yeah, yeah. me for saying. No, I still believe this. I believe in the family and the nuclear family, and I believe that's the fundamental building block right. of the universe. That said, I don't have a problem Why? Here. Why do you think sincere people should be judged like that? I mean, if you're a sincere person, which you are, and you've really thought about your beliefs, then I don't understand why, why isn't it just a d- disagreement in our book, How to Have Impossible Conversation, yeah. but let friends be wrong. I know. So, so why don't they because just let I you be there's wrong? This, I don't know. And I think there's, and this is what bothers me is I thought maybe I'm missing something, 
But I think what I, the only thing that I can come up with is this is a societal norm now. Yeah. You either accept it right. or you're out. Part of the cult. You lose family members over things. We should never have this argument. You should never judge me and for you, any yeah. more than I could say, because I've said it, yeah. you don't have faith in this, okay? You don't have faith in anything, in anything right. okay? So it's easy for you to change these long-held right. societal beliefs, because all you have to do is go, yeah, well, that makes sense, X, Y, Z. But you have, have an overarching moral structure. Correct. Okay, so... So we got two issues. We got the squaring the circle one, and th- thank you for talking to me about this. I um, appreciate that. That's a, it's kind of an honor to help you think through this stuff. You are, I you are an it. honest and bright man, and you know I don't know if you I don't know why I'm getting emotional on this, but one of the first things that I either asked you or you asked me was, mm. would you be willing to change your belief in God or? You know, in that there was no God. Yeah. If it could, I don't think it could be proven, but yeah. if it could be proven, and yeah. we both answered, of course. Absolutely. 100%. Right. Yeah. And so that's, that's rare. That's, that's they, the kids call it base now. That's based, you know, mm-hmm. that's. Um, so, okay. So if somebody is a sincere person and they did their best to arrive at their beliefs and they considered other beliefs, it would seem to me that somebody, the, the person with whom, you have a, the person who has a problem with you, that's on them. That's not on you. I mean, it's totally on them. So I don't know. I understand why it bothers you from an emotional point of view, because I don't even want to know who this person is. Maybe you live with them or what have you. But what, no. I, what I don't understand is if you're sincere, you're bulletproof. You're totally bulletproof. Yeah, I guess maybe I tie it into the overall direction and, you know knowing this person my whole life and them knowing totally. me their whole life. It's like, really? Did you ask them why they just can't let you be wrong? No. Yeah. No, I didn't. And I think because I was so hurt by it, I was yeah, like, for sure. you know yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, it, 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 from total outsider, it seems that this is their issue and it's not your issue. And okay. if you're honest and you're th- th- and again, if if something is wrong with you, I always say to people, this is if something is wrong with my reasoning, let me know. If I've if if, if well, that's where it gets into it. Well, the, the reasoning. OK, well, that stops here. I, like, so you're, OK, uh, so, you're expe- if you're a religious person, you're expected just to dismiss that because there's no reason. Well, it, there's okay. a lot of thought I, okay. into that. So, so here's my, so in the Gorgias, Socrates says, it is better to uh, be refuted than it is to refute. So going mm. back to the first issue of, um, about squaring you know, the circle, yeah, squaring the circle. Um, there are different interpretations of the Bible. There are mm-hmm. different physical uh, copies. Mm-hmm. There is a kind of uh, presumed arrogance with this person knowing, not only knowing um, what the truth is, but knowing, but, but believing that if you're kind of out of alignment with their personal interpretation, that somehow you are, it's a moral failing on your part. I guess the other question is, is are you willing to let that relationship go? No. You're not willing to let it go? No. No. Family and is forever. You have it. 
No, no, not your gay, the other person, the person who. No, family is forever. Okay, okay. Both sides. And you sat down and talked to them. Yeah. And I am, I believe we just have to always find our way. Family is family. You don't have it, you know. As long as everyone is honest. My father used to say, we can tolerate anything as a family except for lies. Right. You know what I mean? As long as everybody is honest. And really, truly seeking the truth. That's There's the nothing that could That's pull us ticket. apart. Right. Ever. So, bottom line, I would say, is you have to have a conversation about them. So, I wouldn't frame it in terms of you letting them be wrong. Uh, you have, I mean, again, this is from an outsider's point of view. You have your relationship with God and your interpretation of scripture, et cetera. And that's what you've come to as a thoughtful, sincere, honest person. Yeah. And so... They need to let you be wrong as you're on your own journey. And if they can't do that, well, yeah, I would I would I would ask like, is this a deal breaker for the relationship? That's an odd deal breaker for usually like pedophilia would be a deal breaker, yeah. or like murdering someone would be well, a deal we're breaker. We're kind of getting into this, uh, kind of going down this road right. where, totally. you know, I hate to say the slippery slope, but we're at the slippery slope here. Where, okay, it's about love. It's about this. Okay, now it's about. My kindergartner, right. and you're teaching them what? Right. I mean, my kindergartner's not even thinking about that stuff, right. and I don't want them thinking about that right. stuff. Let it be a kid. Right. So that gets back to what we started talking about in the beginning of the conversation is what's the purpose of education? Right. And now the ethos, the dominant, the dominant moral orthodoxy is you teach to overcome oppression. You no longer teach for the truth. So that's when you understand that frame, you understand why all the CRT stuff in school, why the gender ideology in school, it's not about truth. Okay, so, so, so help me so, out. So they think, they think they've already found the truth, so they don't seek it. So, right? So they right. want to teach people, but I interrupted okay, you. Okay, so, so, so help me out on this, because yeah, this yeah. goes right, right on that. Um, if you believe that people are born this way, let's talk transgenderism. Okay. You know that... I mean, when did you decide you liked women? Assuming you do. I you know? do. <laughs> yeah. And you didn't decide. I never just made was. a decision. And you knew it when you knew it, right? I knew it when I knew it. Okay. So if you know it when you are whatever age, yeah. um, then if you, if you apply hormone therapy right, right away, then that hormone Correct. therapy is so much better at that time. You shut things down. Right. But if you do it, you can never turn it back okay, on. Okay, so that's... Okay, so those are two different things. Andrew Sullivan, uh, the, the author, says he mm-hmm. doesn't even... The writer, we, he doesn't even know why the T is in the LGB. And if you read Ab- Abigail Schreier's book or mm-hmm. Deborah So's book, there's a kind of clustering effect with transgenderism. My, my daughter told me something very interesting she she told me that people pretend to be trans to fit in mm. and that just blew my mind that just totally blew my mind so the question is so hang on just a second yeah because i believe you know now it's 30 percent of society is one of those letters that's right, what they say right i don't buy into that i do buy yeah. i you don't either uh, um well, I mean, the question is, is it because it's more acceptable okay, that people so, can yeah, come so, out and do that? Yeah. So, yeah. so the, the, right. here's, let me lay this out and then right. add that to yeah, it yeah. and tell me what you think. Yeah, yeah. I don't believe 30, 33% is. I think that, I don't know what the number is, yeah. but I think you can't dismiss, especially teens, 
wanting to fit in, yet wanting to be special, wanting to be liked. You know what I mean? All right. that stuff that played in all of our heads when we were that age, that's going to skew. You're special. Absolutely. You're brave. You know, you, you get a lot. You're fighting the system. You're Yes. Right. You right. get a lot just by one of the labels. And that hurts the people who are truly that's struggling correct. with it. Right. So what is the truth there? And how do we, how do we, how do we, how do we grab the reins and pull this back? Not to, you know, Iran, nobody's gay in our country. That's right, ridiculous. Right. I remember that. yeah, yeah. How do we, how do we find this truth? Well, you got t- two issues. You've, <clears throat> one is how do you figure out what's the case? And I don't think it matters at all in terms of homosexuality. It's, but it does matter in terms of trans, as you said, the age at which one transitions Correct. has a huge, huge And huge you impact. cannot go back. Well, oh, so that's the thing that, that I'd like to talk about for a moment. You know that in order to do a study in a university, yeah. you need to go through this thing called the IRB. And it's basically human subjects. It's, it's Im- almost impossible anywhere to get IRB approval on people who detransition. In other words, people who went through the transition process, decided that they made a mistake and went back. And the consequence of that is we're not studying those issues. Like Why can't we don't, you get we don't have a body of knowledge. It's, it's just ideological and political. No one will give you approval for that. Have you read, when's the last time you read Eisenhower's farewell speech? I don't know if I've read oh, Eisenhower's farewell speech. Read it. Really? Because, you know, it's the industrial, you know, military industrial complex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes into the educational industrial complex and That's he a says huge problem that yeah. almost no one's talking about. He says, if you don't watch this, they're paying the government's right. paying for the answers. And so it's no longer the independent guy who's like, I don't know, would that work? Thinks about it, does it because he's curious or builds something in his garage. Right. It's all paid for now. Yeah. So 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 we have. And that's so, so the that's, problem with this well, going that, back. Well, yeah, well, that's a, the, the part is the colleges of education. That's a huge part of it. But, you know, and uh, we've talked about gender ideology in school systems. We've talked about the don't say gay bill. We've talked about this. what's what we're really talking about is an ideology being taught to kids. Now, why would an ideology need to be taught to anybody? If, if you want to teach an ideology, if you want to teach a value, the only value <clears throat> that you should teach is don't care about it. It's totally indifferent what your sexual preference is to me, to right. this interview. It's totally irrelevant it's to It's like me. color. Right. We were going in the right direction Correct. with Martin Luther King. I don't care what color you are. Correct. We should be indifferent to that. Right. And so if you want to teach a value, that's the value that should be, be taught. But every so this is this is something I thought about for a while. Every time you teach a value to somebody or a value in a system, it's it's certainly possible that you're undermining truth. Like one of the things that we've seen in diversity, equity and inclusion initiatives is if you contradict those edicts, if you question them, if you have a problem with them, if you ask for evidence about them. It's not merely that you're wrong, that you're missing a piece of information. It's that you're a bad person. It's that you hate trans people. It's that you're transphobic or homophobic. Mm -hmm. And so it's not enough to be non-racist. You have to be anti-racist. That's correct. And when you look at what Kendi himself has said is the only way to remedy past discrimination is future discrimination. That doesn't make any sense. That's. 
That's two well, rights. That's, right. no, two that's, wrongs make a, that's a equity. right. That's equity. But people are just tossing this word around, equity, equity, equity. So that's the other thing. Imagine how crazy this is. Nobody ever even, I, I do these events. I say, okay, five years ago, is anybody outside of a financial context, of course. Anybody ever heard the word equity? Now, in my kids' room, the kid yeah. is in Portland right. Public equity, equity, equity. Every time you challenge or question the idea that this should be a value, I mean, it's, it's truly as if it was like a blitzkrieg without a war. I know. It's like the whole society just adopted this value, and anybody who questions the value is a bad person. And wasn't equity the French Revolution, and we were equality? Yeah. That's right? huge. So That's the, a huge the difference. American value is... Here's the other question I have for all these people who advocate for equity, equity, promote equity. Show me an inner city school of African-Americans that's been fixed since the BLM movement. Mm. Show me one. Talking to Wilfred Riley about that in his podcast, who's fantastic. Um, there, I, I, see, I see nothing. I see, no, I see no practical consequences in terms of ameliorating suffering, increasing education of, I think it's gotten of worse. young black kids. Of course it's gotten worse. And here's the other thing that I was thinking about that's in the back of my mind in the conversation is virtually every person... And I, this is, I never thought that I would be in this category, that I would say this to anybody. Virtually every middle-class person I know, like I'm in the middle class, my friends, are in the, they want to leave America. Yeah. We're just sick. I'm sick of it. Yeah. I mean, I certainly want to leave Portland. I mean, that place is just... Are you still there? I am. What is wrong with I you? I am. I know. I am. I don't. I don't understand I why a single rational person lives there still. Yeah. Well, other than they don't want to give up on it. No, I've totally given up on it. Um, <laughs> wow. But, well, get my, out. My, my daughter. My daughter is in school. And um, oh, okay, okay. So yeah, it's tough. Is it possible if I say something that we could potentially edit it out later, or no? Is this live? You would be the first. Okay. But hang on. Can I get a ruling on that? Yes. Both of my kids are gay. <laughs> I have two kids. I have a, a biological son and I have a daughter who's adopted and they're both gay and um, hasn't changed my feelings for them. Hasn't changed my love for them. Um, it is. Um, in fact, it, it, it's. Um, it's a rather remarkable thing for me when I was raised with homophobia, when I was raised, you know, the worst thing we could be called is faggot on the playground. Mm -hmm. when, when I appreciated that you shook my hand. It was lovely. Um, and so when I, when I talk to my son uh, or I talk to my daughter, I'll say, oh, are you, you know, are you seeing anybody? How's it going? Um, and um, it's just been a, it's been a lovely, it's, it, it's been lovely for me. Um, and I'm actually incredibly grateful for that. But the other thing is like, I don't have any, like, ex like there's no other moral structure on me. Like I'm kind of not trying mm -hmm. to navigate this and figuring it out mm -hmm. myself. And, um, I don't, I don't consult, um, you know, holy books obviously, but, um, makes it easier if you don't have that. It, 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 does. It, it makes it easier and also makes it more difficult in a sense too because you have to kind of figure it out yourself and you have to figure out whether or not the beliefs you hold are just, because you know, we're all myopic in terms of our yeah. own beliefs. Like we think that the beliefs we have are the beliefs we should be have, we, we, we should have, but. But nobody, 
This is why I enjoy you so much. Oh, um, thank you. The, uh, you know, you don't really, I say this to my audience all the time. You can't live off of what I told you is true. You mm. can't. You'll never be able to repeat it. You'll never be able to argue it because you'll end up saying, oh, if Glenn Beck, he was talking yeah. about it. That means nothing. Yeah. I believe the things I believe and I share the things mm. that I believe because I've done the work to right. get there. You can't just piggyback onto somebody else's belief. And it seems like the majority of people, and I, I don't know if it's always been this way, majority of people, unless I guess it's a moment of crisis, don't really think about things. So I think to a certain extent, it has been this way. I certainly know in my life, my parents used to have libertarian friends, green friend, friends from all yeah, across yeah. the place. Mine too. I don't see that anymore. I see clustering. Oh, yeah. Uh, Bill Bishop calls that the big sort. Like, people are just sorting out, and they're moving into categories. Which what, is horrible. Which is terrible. Horrible. You should have friends of... If, yes. if your friend sphere it doesn't contain people of different religions, different, you need new friends. Mm -hmm. Like, you're going to find new... Mm -hmm. And I understand, like I really understand that it gives people a sense of comfort to be... be uh, you know, let me speak for, yeah, yeah. for me. Yeah, yeah. Being on the conservative side... Mm. I've, I grew up in Seattle, man. Right. So, I mean, I've, my whole life I've lived around progressives and hippies and right. everything else. I don't have a problem. Um, until lately, to where um, you are immediately judged right. or shut down. And it's like, I don't, I don't so, want to be called right. a racist if I say, right. you know, whatever. So here's the problem. So this is the, this is the and I'm going to say this. And then I'm going to get, well, what about ism? Well, what about this? What yeah, about yeah, yeah. This? It really is true. Sometimes certain, um, and I'll give, you, I'll give you one right. So, sometimes certain political ideologies are just more susceptible to more ideas, like the QAnon and the right. Now, right now, we have a, an enormous problem on the left. It is, it is a, it is a, um, as my friend Gad Sad said, it's like mm. in the parasitic mind. It it really is like a parasitization of the left, mm -hmm. and they there was a there's in fact there's a whole body of 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 literature in the the what I call the grievance study scholarships. You know mm. these ideologues who have jobs mm -hmm. for life P platforming. Right, we don't talk to this person. We don't want to give this person a, a stage in which he can or she can talk about their right. ideas. This problem is endemic on the left, and it is on the left. And that doesn't mean the right doesn't have its own problems. Of course, of course the does. right has its problems. Of course it does. But right now, this is a problem on the left. Yeah, it's the a left critical is problem. Simply not on the left. talking to people. Like, let me give you an example. So I. After I published my resignation letter from Portland State University in, in September, um, the right, you know, Tucker Carlson, everybody was calling me. They wanted me to go on their yeah, shows, yeah, yeah. and I went to shows. And, and I kept saying, like, I want to talk to the people on the left. Like, I, I, want, I genuinely want to talk. And what do I want to talk about? Well, for example, the president of Portland State University said that racial justice should be the highest priority. It's a public institution. I want to talk about that. And I want to talk about that with people who believe it. And mm -hmm. it's not a debate. Mm -hmm. It's a conversation. I'll mm -hmm. even give you the question. Should mm -hmm. racial justice be the highest priority of a public university? I think that's a very reasonable question yes. for taxpayers and people who are yeah. advocating it. Literally, nobody would talk to me about it. And it's nothing special about me that I have to say something. And But they weren't talking about it with anybody at all. And there's this, this I don't know, it's, it's a combination maybe of arrogance or of just 
of just, I'll say it, it's smug. That's what it is. It's smug. Mm. It's a kind of smug certainty that anybody who questions it is morally corrupt or morally bankrupt. Or, or uh, mentally corrupt <laughs> yeah, or right. an imbecile. It, it, correct. Yeah. Correct. You know, and you're seeing this. I, I was just watching, I mean, I wrote a, I just wrote a book called The Great Reset. All right. I didn't believe it two years ago. Right. Okay. I saw this and I'm like, oh, geez, what kind of craziness is that? Right. And so I approached that and had my team and I, we started researching and researching and researching. And we came back like six months later. We're like, I think this is real. Right. Okay. And had all the documents and everything right. else. We published a book immediately first dismissed then it was a conspiracy theory uh now you're a danger if you speak out about it blah 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 the yesterday there was a meeting in dubai and i don't care um it was called the uh the global government uh summit right okay um they the first one the first session was are you ready for a new world order right the second one was digital currency central bank digital yeah, that's currency why, that's why the bitcoin is such a threat yeah. right you but if i they're on, they're on stage leaders of countries on stage mm-hmm. talking about we're doing this we're doing this we're going to have digital currency social united states systems, is yeah. next yeah, yeah. yeah social credit it will not be transparent we'll know every transaction and you know i have no problem if people want that mm. but what's going to happen is this group has gotten together and i don't know they just have contempt for us or they just don't think we're smart enough so we're not invited to the table mm. You know, the American people and the people of the world are not invited to mm. the table. Press and others are denying these things mm. that we can show you are true. Mm. We know that's happening. Mm. How is that going to work when the average person, all of a sudden their life is dramatically impacted mm. when they've been told none of this is happening? Mm. And here it is. Mm. That's not good. What? Why aren't we invited to the table? Arrogance. Yeah, I can't speak to that. I know very little about it. So well, you I know about, about cryptocurrency? It. For sure, yeah. yeah. And you know that central banking, right? What they're going to be doing with central banks? No. no? Okay. Way, well, out of my, way out of my area yeah, yeah, of expertise. Yeah. Well, it's, it's disturbing. There was an article uh, in the opinion section of the New York Times today that talks about Uh, how a Democrat from Massachusetts is trying to introduce legislation because he says we're trying to preserve some Mm. semblance of privacy Mm. because that's the real thing. You want to do digital currency? Great. Blockchain. Bitcoin. I was just going to say it's done. Blockchain. Yeah. The Fed and the Treasury want to do it because it goes to modern monetary theory Mm. where you can print as much money as long as you control the labor and as long as you control spending down to the smallest level, okay? So this central bank currency is programmable. So it knows who you are. Right. It knows your spending. And it can, depending on where inflation is happening, it can curb you. It can even disappear because they could say there's a limited time for this uh, money. We're going to put it in your in your bank account, but you have to spend it in the next two weeks. That way they can control yeah, all I know, of the spending. I know nothing about it. 
Okay. So I'm I, just, I what I'm, <laughs> the only reason why I thought about yeah. it is because yeah. I think there is this, we, we didn't have the conversation of really anything that now is being enforced upon us. That's certainly true. It was happening in the universe and people like me, we get up in the morning and what was okay yesterday right. suddenly not okay. Yeah, it's interesting. And we're held to the same standard. I'm thinking about, you know, Al Franken when he did this and all the, oh, yeah, the yeah. woman and, and um, all the chaos that ensued. It, it really is a different standard that we're held to dating. We've seen that in dating. We've seen that in, in, but, but again, I guess I just keep coming back to this fact of like, it's like your friend, um, this is a very unforgiving time. This is a very uncharitable time. And I don't know how a society can sustain itself with a complete lack of compassion, with a complete lack of, um, of, um, I don't know if it's besmirching or smearing or insulting somebody who's an honest broker. Mm -hmm. Like, I just don't think a society can sustain itself with that value. Well, it didn't. It didn't during the Inquisition. Yeah. When it was the church that was doing it. Yeah. I mean, I, I keep, it, it I, burned itself out in the 50s with the communist witch hunts. I keep thinking about the, what you said about your friend. Why is that so important to your friend? Like, why is your relationship and your attitude, why is that so? That seems a little bit, um, thou, thou doth protest too much. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I'll, I'll go back and ask. Yeah. I'll go back and ask. Yeah. Let me, uh, let me bring it back to the yeah, university yeah. here for a second. Yeah. Um, my wife and I disagree on something. Okay. She still finds value in universities. Okay. Um, because <laughs> well, you got to. Dis I disagree with her. <laughs> yeah, okay. You have to have, you know, you're going to go get a job. Right. I believe in, at this point. Right. Apprentice. Go find totally. somebody. Vocational school. Yes. 100%. Yes. You agree with that? A thousand percent. Why would I pay for somebody yeah. to... To be indoctrinated. Indoctrinate them. And actually, not only do I believe in it, I told my daughter, I said to my daughter, I think maybe you should think about not going to college. So here's a really weird That's thing. That's bizarre for it a is, guy who's it, it a is, professor. It is, a, it is bizarre. Um, my new affiliation is University of Austin. We should mention I know. Too. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I do want to talk to you about that. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so it is a... It is a bizarre phenomenon, but okay. So think about it like this. Like think about martial arts. It is better for you <clears throat> to look at a wall than to engage in a practice that takes you away from reality. Like mm -hmm. if I came in and said, listen, next time you're in a fight, you just do this and you're going to knock the guy out and you, pr you spend thousands of hours doing this, tons of money, you know, you do this into your, and then you get in a fight and someone just gives you a beat down, right? <laughs> It's similarly with education, it is better to not learn something that is false than, than you, you don't want to learn things that are false. So it's better to not do it at all. I've, I avoid <clears throat> people who have gone to broadcast schools right. like <clears throat> the plague. Right. Because whatever they taught you, and it's easier to take somebody an apple from the tree Correct. than pull out of that barrel. Correct. Because they right. have to relearn. Be, right. And so... We have institutions now that are teaching people things 
that are totally untethered to reality. Mm-hmm. They're just clearly false. They're demonstrably false. Like fat studies, you know, the fat yeah. reader. The, yeah, yeah. The, you know, my mom died from complications of type 2 diabetes. She had struggled with her, with her weight her whole life. And now we have people, ideologues with jobs for life, teaching fat studies, telling people about fat acceptance. Telling people, I mean, this is, a, this is a horror show. So it's far better that my daughter doesn't go, and young women are particularly susceptible to that. It's far better that my daughter does not go into one of those environments and does something else. She's good at carpentry. She likes that. I completely support that. And she can live a vibrant and rich intellectual life far better uh, if, if she's thoughtful about it and I can help her with that than being with people. That's the other thing. You know, I'm, I'm going to go around the, the country this month in April and I have a reverse Q&A tour. And so instead of <clears throat> yeah, and thanks. In, instead of me standing on the stage talking to people, I'm going to be students. I'm going to be in the audience and I'm going to be asking students questions. Students are going to be doing the talking. And I want to know what is your experience with social justice, wokeism in the classroom? Do you want that? Has that? Because people outside the universities, they don't understand how bad it is. They don't understand that people really are, as I said before, teaching in terms of a constant rate, like a race essentialism, teaching in terms of liberating oppression. But liberating oppression translates, you know, ripping down statues, assaulting police Mm -hmm. officers, white supremacy everywhere. Uh, So, so, okay, so... We have a crisis. We have people in education who, in our university systems, who are basically ideologues. What do we do about this? Now, the weapon that everybody is using is defunding. You don't like something, you defund it. You don't, and, and so he, here, here is my solution. To I've that. never agreed with that. However, it's not like I don't like something. I think this is dangerous to society oh it's we should not divisive it's it's poisonous poison yeah it's poison it is poison yeah and they have jobs for life and Mm -hmm. they're ideologues and anybody and so that's the other thing not only uh, is it divisive with people who have jobs for life and let's be blunt now i I can even be more blunt than i (laughs) usually would these are by and large petty people they're by and large uh, look, like, think about this. My, my good friend, Matt Thornton, who has a, a book coming out called The Gift of Violence. You know Conor McGregor, the, the MMA champion from yeah, Ireland? Yeah. Yeah. He's Conor McGregor's coach's coach. Mm. I, I love jiu-jitsu. I practice jiu-jitsu. Mm. He's my, my primary teacher. He said something to me that was just so interesting that I think is apt for this conversation. If somebody practices a martial art that is not tethered to reality... In other words, it just doesn't work. Over time, you see a few things happening. You see more rituals, bowing, ussing, all this stuff. You see, over time, this person becomes, and excuse the vulgarity, but they become a dick. (laughs) They just become a dick because they know that it doesn't work, so they have to kind of make up for that Uh somehow. And so I think that's what we see with these And I'm not saying that they all realize it's bankrupt. I'm sure maybe some of them are absolute true believers. It's it's hard to tell because we've created a culture of fear in our environments and in our college classes. So nobody will tell you what they believe. Even worse, every you have entire cultures in which people are pretending to believe stuff. They're pretending to believe things they could not possibly believe. That a man should compete in a woman's sporting event who dominate. Like they're pretending to believe that this is actually something that that they believe. So, but, that but a again, Supreme Court justice cannot tell you what right. a woman is because she's not a bio, 
by a biologist. Yeah. So that's interesting. Then how could you decide? How, how can you really decide? Make? I mean, I, I understand it's a game, and you got to pass the game, etc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the, but the problem is, so we have a crisis in our. We have a legitimacy crisis. I'm throwing a lot of stuff mm-hmm. up here, but we have a crisis of confidence in our institutions. People don't trust our institutions. I don't trust the institutions. We any any institutions, any. And, and it's the it the more venerable. In fact, the worse it is. New York Times, yeah. SPLC, ACLU. Don't trust them at all. Yeah. Okay. So, so now we have a situation in which people are in teaching and kids stuff. The opposite, like the, I would call, like anti civics, right? Mm-hmm. They're teaching them that the system is inherently corrupt; it has to be ripped down. They're teaching them just values that are. Totally, forget about anti-American. They're like anti-freedom. They're okay. They're so anti-human. They're an, they're anti-decency. Yeah. Don't you know? Okay. So, so I want my daughter, on a personal level as a father, to not go into that system because it's almost everywhere, and I don't want her to go to a conservative college like Hillsdale or Liberty or what have you. And why? Why not Hillsdale? Uh, because I want her to go to a college that has. Genuine intellectual diversity. I want her to be taught by a communist. I want her to be taught by a Friedmanite. I want her to be taught by a, okay. By that makes sense. Everybody. Yeah, yeah. And so, instead of, def- I, I, can def- I, can yeah, I just can I just, I love, I loved my professor in my very short time. Yeah. Um, I had no idea where he stood on yeah, anything, yeah, yeah. and I loved that. I loved the fact that. Once I thought I had him nailed right. on where he was coming from, I hit him with a question yeah. and he flipped on me and he started asking me questions from the other point of view. And I had absolutely, I didn't know who he the was best in the teachers. end. The best. I bet you that I bet you he used the Socratic method too. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah he did. Yeah, yeah. Counter he did. examples causing you Yeah, and I kind of felt like the people around Socrates yeah, at the time. Yeah, but we don't, we, don't, we don't have that anymore. I know. Like, we don't have that. If you do that, you, you go to the diversity office. Mm-hmm. Oh, which was the other thing I was saying. Not only do we have ideologues who have jobs for life, but they've weaponized Title IX. They've weaponized offices of diversity, equity, inclusion. So even the threat of going there is a theft of your time. And the, the those investigations, you know, people say, oh, oh you know, no. you, you, why don't you ever say anything charitable about people who perceive you as their ideological enemy? Okay, I'll say something charitable about what I went through. These people are thorough. I mean, they are the most thorough. They, they interview students, faculty, colleagues, people you've had 10 years ago. They're... Their office is in search of tasks. They're trying to find something mm-hmm. on you. They're trying, you're racist, you're bigot, you're a misogynist. Okay, so take a step back. We can talk about defunding all we want. We'll bracket that. But I want to build something. Yeah. Like, I want to make something. I don't just want to be the guy complaining about stuff. And that is what the University of Austin, to me, represents. It is, it is the shining city on a hill. It's the possibility that people can go and students can learn and they can ask questions and questions that buck the moral trends that aren't morally fashionable. Isn't that the only way we progress? Well, how else would it be? Right. Okay, so oh, so everybody right. every idea that we now claim is right, right. and true. Okay, so was this offensive to This the is system. really important. Okay, this is so important. So that what you just articulated to me is a value that you and I share. So no matter what your belief 
other belief you have, abortion, capital punishment, Muslim immigration, immigration to Mexico, it doesn't matter what it is. You and I are closer in moral values because of that core value. Yes. Then the people who, who are dominating, and if you don't believe me, I know you, you probably, but your mm. audience look at the Foundation for Individual Rights in Education, <clears throat> nonpartisan, nonpolitical group. They, they routinely publish people's political leanings. Overwhelmingly, it's not just leftists, they don't refer to them as woke leftists. They go into the classroom with a set agenda to teach people things. And they're not teaching them the other side of the story. They're not even allowing those diverse viewpoints. And so the kids get out of those institutions in you know, four years, five years, six years. They go on to become management. And they take these insane ideas with them. Trigger warning, safe spakers, microaggressions. Mm-hmm. Not only is there no evidence for these things, there's actually evidence against them. So I would argue that the, the belief that you and I have of valuing truth, the belief that you and I have of the way that, we, you know, let friends be wrong, engaging dialogue. So that's why I think it's so essential for the University of Austin to succeed. It's vital. I agree. It's vital because there's nothing else doing that now. Now, I shouldn't say nothing. Uh, Stephen Blackwood's Ralston College, of which Jordan Peterson is a chancellor, is coming, is, is online now. Other universities. Are, so it's like that, in a sense, is like a restaurant row where people can look at those schools and choose. But we have to give kids an opportunity who are genuine inquirers to think about issues and wrestle with issues in their young lives that we're not giving them now. So what amazes me is MIT has had classes online for free. Right. You can audit any class you want for free. Right. And most people don't know that. And that tells me we value the certificate more than anything else. I thought you were going somewhere else with that. No, I wanted to know if if you guys are going to do that. Are you going to uh, allow people to audit for free because i think that i don't know i'm I'm just so i'm a founding faculty member yeah and so one of the things that i do is i'll go into the classroom because they're going to talk about some pretty radical they're forbidden classes among other things like ayan her cle is founding faculty Mm -hmm. she's going to talk about things that you just wouldn't hear in a traditional right we need radical islam female genital mutilation Mm -hmm. child we we don't even you know dershowitz had a had a child marriage we dershowitz had a piece a few years ago about we're not teaching rape law anymore and the reason because professors are afraid to offend students or they'll they'll be trauma have trauma but then people who who are raped don't have adequate legal representation right i mean this is a huge this is a monstrous problem so our institutions have failed us at every level and it's actually worse at the elite institutions so we need to we, we we can sit and we can complain about it all day or we can build new institutions we can but but the postmodernists they have it exactly wrong it it's that People don't trust the institutions because the institutions are no longer worthy of trust. Correct. We have to make sure those Correct. institutions are worthy of trust and they have to be robust enough to withstand some kind of external assault like Antifa vandalizing the buildings. Right. So, so we live in a cultural moment that's, like you said, that's divided, that's inhospitable to people who have different beliefs. And we, we, we know, for the most part, we know some of the ways out of it at a personal level. Large scale, this is, I, what do we do about the New York Times? The CNN, CNN is, NP, have you listened to NPR lately? Yeah. 
Okay, NPR is like a woke machine. The whole raison d'etre of NPR, now it's all race, it's all CRT, it's all, this is an indoctrination. This is a complete propaganda mill. Unless anybody say that I'm not criticizing the right, I'm more than happy to criticize Fox News. We, we have Look, I- broken down into our ideological camps and we have a problem that we need to talk about if we want to make progress as a society. We have to. Have you ever taken you over to my museum in vaults next door? I don't think so. So um, I started collecting uh, things, papers, documents, artifacts. um, And I joined with another friend who he was really focused on the good side of stuff. Yeah. And, I really wanted to focus on the bad things that America has done. We now have more documents and pieces than anyone outside of the National Archives and the Library of Congress. What kind of documents? Um, anything from the Pilgrims to Jamestown to our founding documents to you name it. Wow. Uh, I, uh, Am I going to get a tour? Yeah, yeah, I'll give awesome. you a tour. There's 1% next door of our, our stuff. But anyway— uh, I started collecting it. Yeah. I started collecting my side of it yeah. because if you don't, if, if you just think, and so many conservatives did yeah. for a long time, oh, America is great. Red, red, white, and blue apple pie. Yeah. No. Yeah. I wanted to be able to sit down with somebody who was critical right. and spend all their time bashing America and, and be in a position to where I could go, you're a rookie. Right. And I have the evidence awesome. that it's worse than you yeah, say yeah. it is. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's great. Because you have to you have to have yeah. that. Yeah. You have to have that. Yeah. Um, so, so how do you okay, so that's my question to you So how do you help people and I've I've thought about this a lot, how do you help people value things that they may not think are important for themselves or their communities or their loved ones? Like because I think we would both admit, or not even admit, we would both agree that people value the wrong things. And in their entire cultures, valuing the wrong things. I think the American culture has valued the wrong things. I think I completely agree. Yeah. And you don't, I mean, we're seeing it, the rate of suicide. I mean, right. I, I was lucky enough to um, have some fame and fortune in my 20s, you know, uh, and then just become a raging alcoholic and just a mess because mm. I didn't really believe in anything. Mm. Um, and then 30, resetting. So when real success came to me mm. in my 40s, I knew the poison of fame and fortune. Mm. You know what I mean? Because that's battery acid to the soul. And right now, that's all we value. Mm. You know, kids will do, you're not famous for something. You just want to be known and yeah. seen and you have a yeah. network in your hand. Yeah. Everybody. When I got into this business, I had to work to build an audience. Now my audience has an audience, yeah, yeah. you know, and we, we weren't prepared for that. People were not prepared for that. And it's just emptying us out. You know, we don't have. Real people don't have meaning anymore. You know, they're, nothing's real. Mm. Nothing's real. Nothing has, yeah. n- nothing, 
it's so distant from you. You could be sitting next to somebody, but you're still texting them. Right. My and son did that on the phone with his friend. I said, hey, it's crazy. I said, did you tell Lauren to do, to do something? He said, yeah. And I said, you, you, you didn't. I was sitting right here. He's like, I texted her. And she was I know. sitting. I know. sitting Isn't sitting that nuts? There. Right. And so it's not, you, you, we're splitting our life from yeah. real yeah, reality, yeah, yeah. Re, real consequence, yeah. real love, and yeah. then. This other and thing. it makes it easy to other people that way, right? Because you're behind a screen. It makes yeah. it easy to just uh, uh, demonize. Kind of, yeah, demonize. They're bad. They're evil. They're they're somehow. And that's something. Yeah, so I, I think that's something that. I mean, that's something that I learned at the height of my Fox career. Whoa, 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 whoa! You know. Um, I believe what I say, but I also have, I'm a good performer, right. you know, so I, I know how to draw a crowd. Right. Um, and, and some of the devices used to do that, to get people to the message. Yeah. Wait, hold it. I didn't understand all the ramifications at the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now the entire country is doing that. Yeah. Now the entire country is saying what they want or calling this person, this thing and they're not necessarily understanding their part of the nailing the coffin shut. Yeah. Their contribution, yeah. if you will. We yeah. all have it. We've yeah. all done it. Yeah. One last question. Yeah. Um, are you optimistic for the Western way of life, Western culture? Um. <laughs> I'm, no, that's I'm, I'm struggling, but I'm just going to give you. I'm, I'm, no, give me the straight. I'm struggling. I'm beyond. I'm way beyond concerned. I'm way beyond worried. Um, I. Um, then what does it look like? Because I'm at the point to yeah. where it's coming. Yeah. And I'm now looking at, for the first time, 20 years, I've been trying to piece together how is this going to come? Right. Apart, you right. know what I mean? Because you could see it. How is this going to come You can up? see it unraveling, can't you? Yeah. You can see it unraveling. And so now I know we're very close to that line. Right. And for the very first time, my instinct is to go, okay, forget about that. What's on the other side? Right. How, what is life going to be like there? And... uh it's interesting. That's it, yeah, it's frightening. I mean, in environmental ethics, you have this idea of adaptation or mitigation. So there's a coming uh, eco ecological crisis, let's just assume. You either adapt to it or you try to stave it off. Mm -hmm. And so I'm still in the mitigation stage. I, I tell you what I think that the issue as a country is, which I think caused your question in the first place, is that we're valuing the wrong things. And we're not valuing the things that lead to human flourishing. Mm -hmm. We're not valuing conversations. We're not valuing human decency. We're not letting friends be wrong. We're not valuing meritocracy. We're not allowing people who are poor, disadvantaged, independent of their skin color opportunities. Um, we, 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 know, we, know, we know what the problems are, but we're not... Either we're not valuing the right things or we're valuing the wrong things like equity. Or we're afraid to look. We're afraid. We're afraid to be honest about it, mm -hmm. right? We're afraid to be. We have a whole culture. I think even to ourselves, we're afraid. We have a tendency of yeah, yeah. this thing is so. This is why Superman was right. born, because 
that was so ugly. We didn't know how that was going to stop over in Europe. We need not us. That's right. We need a Superman. Right. You know, we, we have a tendency to go, somebody else will fix this instead of focusing That's, in and go, it's my problem. Right. That's, well, you know, Michael Shermer, the skeptic, has talked about that for belief in God or belief in conspiracies yeah. or belief in higher things. But to answer your question, I, I genuinely do. I don't believe Western values are Western values. I believe that Western values are rationally derivable. Yes. I agree. Freedom of the press, freedom of assembly, have, we due don't process. have Western values now. Right. Like we we, yeah. we can figure this stuff out. And and it's it's not particularly complicated. But we have people who don't value those those things and, and this is the thing, Glenn, for the stupidest reasons. That's the other thing about this whole thing. It's so idiotic. Like, okay, white guys came up with that. So therefore what? Like Right. I mean, it's, it's, it's just like you're going to throw away the whole society from an idiotic belief. And that's it. And all the other people, they go, oh, yeah, well, white guy. Like, so there are people who, who participate, who, who are, there are people who participate in that madness. And there are other people who are like, well, yeah, you know, that, that's their lived experience. You know. So I, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm not optimistic. I'm not particularly hopeful. But those values will endure. I know. We you make know, it we, through. We make it through and we have to teach people you have to give a punch and take a punch, you know, in your conversations, yeah. in the way that's, so I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know, but I do know that there's something that, you know, the Descartes experiment, we can all kind of sit in front of the fire when nobody wants the secret police kicking in their door at 3 a.m. Right. right. So we can kind of figure out at a, a level of what we already have in the constitution of what's a good life and what, what our society. Now, are there problems? Have there been historical? Yeah, to be sure. But Nobody's you, denying that. Correct. Well, half it seems well, that like they're historical the injustice. No one's denying that. Yeah, and half of the country is denying that others are not denying it. You know, it's like yeah, right. Okay, like, I agree with you. So, so, so that's the thing. We have to talk about when you. So Douglas Murray has a, a new book that I highly recommend coming about, coming out about that. We have to talk about. We have to have an honest conversation about what we are going to do right now. We have really serious, the homeless crisis. And mm -hmm. Michael Schellenberger, my friend's running for governor of California. Mm -hmm. His Love book, it. San Francisco, is, Sicko, is fantastic. Mm -hmm. Apocalypse Never. Yep. Fantastic. We have to transcend partisanship. So like Schellenberger, like here's a guy who has genuinely studied the problem. Mm -hmm. He he is an evidence-based guy mm -hmm. and he's the guy to do it. We have to get beyond partisanship. Yes. We have to start talking about what is the evidence for this? And you know what? If you have to be willing to cross the aisle, I just tweeted about this the other day. If you're not willing to cross the aisle, then you're, be, you're an ideologue or you're yeah. on your way to becoming. Or a you're a coward. Or you're a coward. Yeah. You're, you're terrified. Mm -hmm. So we, we need, but that's the other thing. That's the, what I said about critical thinking. That's the attitude piece, right? So it's not just figuring out what to do. It's the attitude of doing it, of voting for someone who's going to do it. Because who loses? Let, let me give you an example. You know, mentioned Portland. So I, I, Ted Wheeler is the mayor of Portland. He is a disgrace. He was an unmitigated disgrace. So one of the things that he, he did, may I tell you this? Yeah, 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 please. Yeah. So one of the things he did was he found out that the gang reduction task force had a disproportionate number of contacts with young African-American men. So he declared it racist, his administration, and then they did away with the gun reduction task force. What do you think happened 
<laughs> the number of murders went up. The number of young African-American mm-hmm. men went up. So right. then he puts in back in the gun reduction task force. But I mean, it's really interesting. So the police have a disproportionate contact with men as opposed to women. But nobody says that the police hate men. I mean, it just, I mean, some of these things are just so obvious, like that nobody is, either they're caught up in the cultural moment of, you know, you know, racism and race essentialism, and we have to work for equity, or they don't believe that, and it's just, you know, it's just kind of real politic. They're just doing something to advance their political career. But we have to start voting for people who, across the aisle, who believe in evidence, who are willing to work on evidence. That's one of the ways out of this. We mess. have to start demanding that our politicians you're going to run that you actually are functioning human beings right. that are thinking about deeper issues i'm so concerned i'd love to have you back um i am so concerned about the uh, ethical decisions that are just flying right. by us right now i couldn't agree more right we should be having the yeah, deepest. Totally. This is the most important time, I believe, I completely in agree. the history of mankind. And we're going to hit 2030 and everything will be changing because of technology. And we're all going to go, well, wait a minute. What? Right. So we can disagree so, on basic things. I totally. So, so we can't agree on basic things because we don't have an infrastructure. We, we don't have it modeled in colleges. It comes back right. to that. And we don't have it modeled in our educational right. institutions because the North Star is in truth. Right. When your North Star is in truth, you, you'll be like the horse that, that right. runs furiously in all directions. Like you have to say, you have to put truth front and center and you have to help people develop the attitudes to value those things. That's what we need to be focusing on. The older I get, I'm telling you, 55 now, the more I'm completely convinced it's about what it's about an attitude and what people value and valuing the right things. And when you lose that, when you lose the the desire to revise your belief, the willingness to revise your belief, when, when, when you lose a love of wisdom, you know, that's what philosophy is. Or, or when truth becomes subordinate to whatever your, you know, moral impulse right. is, you've lost a lot. Like, you've, that's a fundamental loss. That's not a mere triviality. We are running so late, but let me just, let, I'm yeah, going to yeah. take, can I open up one more path? Yeah, yeah, anything you want. When you look at, um, as I told you in the in the New York Times today, yeah, saying uh, we will have absolute record of what everyone has done and spent instantaneously, yeah. And the question is, well, that's kind of a panopticon, a bit, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. an economic panop- yeah. panopticon. Um, that's disturbing on many, many yeah. levels. But people are, you, there's two things that are happening, and I don't know how to break this, yeah. is one, it'll never happen. Good okay. God, we had a game okay. show host as president. Anything could happen. Right. You know what I mean? Um, this is so unpredictable on everything that could happen. Totally. So that wouldn't happen. Or, well, I don't have anything to hide. Okay, so the latter is important, you know. So, so just we said about Al Franken and the gesture over the woman on her yeah. breast. So, what happens 
what the moral, what's morally fashionable in one generation might not be the next. I mean, what if it comes to right, right. So, right. What, what if it comes that it's kind of like meat eating? Oh my God, you ate sentient beings, like right. you horrible beings. So you don't know. You can't project. Like you can't look at the How past used. and say, okay, well, you know, th- this happened. No, you, you don't know what the next thing is going to be. And so the idea that then people could hold your purchasing power, your, 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 your buying habits against, you know, he bought this from Amazon. And I often wonder what would happen if my, uh, that's why people go to browsers like Brave and mm-hmm, DuckDuckGo mm-hmm. because they don't want their, mm-hmm. and it, you know, frankly, when I heard about that years ago, I had a buddy of mine saying, oh, he doesn't want that in a search engine. And I thought that was crazy. Now I'm wildly aware now of Now I'm. Yeah. So now we're going to be facing the question and I think the time to think about it is right now before yeah. it happened. If they introduce something like that, yeah. then I have to play ball and I'm not speaking up against the school board because I could be deemed a terrorist and they Correct. could shut me down. Correct. I'm not, you know, I'm going to make sure my house is green, as Correct. green as it can be, or they'll shut me down. Right. Or... I have to now prepare because it's going to be when it happens, you can't make the decision. Then you have to kind of know where you stand to have a chance of standing. You have to say, I'm willing to be a pariah. I'm willing. But that's that's the irony or or an irony in this is that the values that they want to institutionalize or forward, those themselves are morally fashionable. You know, just like the, the, the you know, uh, you're green enough, right? Yeah. We now have a re-looking at nuclear power, which is morally fashionable. I just listened to this great thing about Hunter Biden's laptop. Like yeah. that was the thing. Oh no, it's mm-hmm. not true. It's not true. Turned out to be true, and they censored all people. Mm-hmm. You know. So you, you know, again, I think it's a kind of arrogance, right? It's a kind of arrogance yeah. that you know what's true and that you know the right moral values. But how do you even know those moral values if many of the people who are pushing those moral values themselves haven't arrived at it from a process that they can rely upon. Right. They haven't engaged in serious scholastic work. They haven't in- talked to people across the divides. They haven't like read stuff about it. They haven't, they haven't done any of it, but yet they have a kind of knee jerk certainty about Correct. it. It's a huge problem. And so, you know, you say, are you optimistic? And I would love to tell you I'm very optimistic, but I'm just going to tell you the truth. I'm not particularly optimistic. Yeah. Yeah, it is a pleasure to talk to you. It's a pleasure to have Thanks. you here. I appreciate it. And I, I, I genuinely appreciate the fact that you do listen to other sides and you do, you've been very supportive of my work and I am profoundly appreciative of that. Anyone who is truly seeking the truth, no matter where that leads them, I will stand by your side. I'll watch your back. I'll stand in front of you as a shield. Thank you. Whatever you need. Ditto. Same goes. Thank, Thank you. you. Just a reminder, I'd love you to rate and subscribe to the podcast and pass this on to a friend so it can be discovered by other people. 